Hello and welcome to Knowing Me, Knowing UKSG, a podcast exploring journeys in scholarly communications. In each episode, we hear from someone inspiring from the knowledge community and ask them to tell us about their career journey and what has motivated them along the way. Welcome to the UKSG podcast. My name is Tom Morley and I'm an Open Research Officer at Lancaster University. Today I'm joined by Marilyn Clark. Marilyn is the head of the library at the Institute of Advanced Legal Studies. Um, hi Marilyn, thank you very much for joining us today. Hi Tom, thanks for inviting me. And um, Just to get going, can you tell me a bit more about your career journey so far and kind of how you've ended up into your, in your current role? Mm-hmm. Okay, so when I think about this question, I always probably think about the two words accidental librarian because I never planned on a career in libraries as such it was a question of I was looking for a job and then I found a job and that happened to be at Senate House Library part of the University of London the main University of London library based in Russell Square and I applied for a job as a cataloger with absolutely no idea of what that actually meant and what the job would be and I applied for it because I was as I said I was looking for a job a friend of mine was working in the periodical section of Senate House Library at the time and she told me about this vacancy so I applied and I was successful and then I was basically trained on the job as a cataloger and all the kind of mystery around cataloging <laughs> began to un- slowly unfold as I as I um, progressed in that job. And I, w- I was there for about just I think just under five years. And I really I really enjoyed being in an academic library, being in a, like a research space. Um, I enjoyed being around people who were learning around education, continuing continuing education. And I didn't at that point think I would stay in libraries. As I said, it was just for me, it was just a job at the time. But at a a point, I just felt like there was nowhere I could go with that particular job. And so I was looking to move to get some kind of promotion. And then I moved to Imperial College and that was on a 10 month maternity leave cover, which it was kind of crazy at the time. probably wouldn't do that again <laughs> certainly not in the, the age I am now but I guess back then when I was in my sort of mid late 20s it didn't seem such a um, risk risk thing to do but I did that and I moved into a, uh, a cataloging role at Imperial and basically you know grew in that role and eventually that role turned into a permanent role um, which I actually petitioned for. I petitioned the director of library services at the time for a permanent role and, and was successful in being appointed to a permanent role. And again, think when I think about that in and of itself, I'm always I'm kind of surprised myself that I was able to do that and was successful in doing that. And I'm not sure, you know, how often that would happen uh, across, you know, across a, anybody's career. But um, I guess so, you know, I've, I feel that that's quite a proud, sort of first proud moment that I was able to do that and it was successful. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, as a, uh, as a permanent cataloger. And then I eventually sort of moved into the head of cataloging position and then head of, with changes, you know, due to structural changes, then head of acquisitions, metadata and digitization. So that was when I was, began to sort of lead a, a 
big team you know a large team yeah so yeah. and that was covering obviously not um different areas um, um across the structure um and then i got i stayed at i stayed at imperial for uh, nearly 19 years so I, was, I was there a long time and i also you know i became a parent during that time and uh i was living you know imperial was closer to home so it made sense for me to stay there um until my daughter started secondary school which is what i did and as soon as she started secondary school and was more independent i started looking for uh, other jobs because i wanted to you know i wanted to move up i wanted to be on a uh, leadership leadership team and yeah. so i was looking for opportunities to do that and i also wanted to move beyond stem so the stem imperials like stem library and that wasn't really my background you know I was more from I mean I studied French and German and 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 politics and economics so I was more from the kind of humanity social sciences background and I wanted to find a space uh, a library where that or an institution where the disciplines were more focused in terms of my areas of interest and that's when I uh, saw the job for a head of, head of discovery services at Goldsmiths University of London and I was successful in, in getting that job and then that was my first time on a leadership team which is you know the next step that I, I wanted to take and Goldsmiths afforded me that opportunity and that's when I really sort of came into my own as a leader in a much broader sense because I yes. had a you know much you know again a, you know a much bigger team covering you know more more areas than I had under my job at Imperial um, and so I, I stayed I was in that post for about four years and then I was promoted to the director of library services at Goldsmiths and that was my first uh, director ro director role of my career and I I, I can became this director under Covid so you know Covid happened in March and I became director in June of that year, 2020. And so it felt like a real baptism by fire. Yeah. <laughs> As you know, everybody was obviously we were all grappling with the same, you know, problems and just firefighting constantly. And I think, you know, to be suddenly in this position where you're leading an institution in a crisis, in a lockdown crisis, which had never ever been experienced before. I found that that was yeah, hugely, hugely challenging. And I, it was almost like you had to learn everything, you know, so quickly yeah. and adapt so quickly and really, you know, have a good sort of grasp on, you know, your team and lo looking after your team, but also looking after your, you know, your user community. So again, that was, that was a huge, huge learning experience for me um but I, I really really enjoyed my my um my job and both my jobs at goldsmiths and i really found i think i found this real sense of self uh at that institution that i'd not yeah. kind of experienced before but i guess in some part that's probably to do with you know get, growing and more experience and maturity etc but um i think you know as a black woman uh a black you know lesbian woman leader i just felt you know my i felt that sense of belonging at goldsmiths which yeah. you know, i hadn't felt before and i you know it was it was just a space where i could be 
yeah, as I said, my, my, you know, my full self, which at that point in my life, I just like, you know, I want to be this. I want to be my full self and bring my full self to work and feel that that full self is, you know, is um, embraced. And I, I certainly felt that at Goldsmiths. Um, and then, yeah, I guess, you know, I was looking after you know, the, those two years in that job. I spent two years in the director job at Goldsmiths. Again, I started thinking about change. You know, I wanted to I wanted to move closer to home. You know, I had quite a long journey and I and I'm a cyclist and I was like, I need a shorter journey. <laughs> also, you know, a change just a change in focus as well, you know, to kind of grow, grow myself, you know, take a leap. I guess, you know, in terms of it's it's about being, you know, brave and, you know, adventurous as well. I think when you're when you're kind of growing your career and I think when you get to a certain point in your life you you probably take more risks so I feel like the risk I took was to like look for a job and, and I you know found a job advertised at the Institute of Advanced Legal Studies for head of library and I'd never worked in a law library before so it was obviously there was a that kind of transition to make yeah and again you know I, when I think back I think when I told people like, oh, that was a really brave thing to do, you know, how did you do that? Why did you decide that? And I was like, in some ways, I didn't really want to think about it too much. I saw the job and I was really interested and generally interested in law and, you know, working in legal library. And I saw that job and I really didn't know if I'd stand a chance because I hadn't had any experience in law libraries, but I applied and yeah, I was successful. Um, so again, yeah, I think that kind of speaks to, I think, sometimes taking that leap of faith and taking risks. But I think it I think it depends on where you are, who you are, what you yeah. experienced in your life. And yeah, what's possible as well. So I think, yeah, there's a number of factors uh, at work. But, you know, I'm really, really pleased to be where I am. And I'm really, in, you know, enjoying my enjoying my new role. And it's only been six six months yeah since i've joined the institute of advanced legal studies so still still new but not not quite quite you know new new <laughs> yeah still learning a lot so yes i guess that's that's my career journey so far that, that was really interesting and um, thank you for that would you be able to tell me a bit more about your current role and kind of what excites you the most about the work you do at the moment so my current role, because the <clears throat> the Institute of Advanced Legal Studies is part of the School of Advanced Study, University of London. So the my institute um, sits with alongside a, num a number of other institutes, for example, the Institute of Historical Research, the Warburg Institute, the Institute of Commonwealth Studies, and there are some smaller institutes as well, the Institute of English Studies. Um, and I, I I really like that sense of being a part of that, you know, the school and the, the advanced studies in and of itself. So I think some of the work I do is around that, those kind of relationships with the other with the other institutes and with the other institute libraries. So there's that kind of collaborative aspect and that sense yeah. of being part of the the School of Advanced Studies and part of the University of London. So that sense of that strong sort of brand identity. And and also, you know, over the last six months, I've, you know, been getting used to 
um, my new space, uh, being part of a, 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 as I say, a law library uh, for the first time in my in my career, and um, getting to know the intricacies of that because there are you know some differences in terms of our readers. So the library serves LLM students from five of the University of London law schools, so the King's, Queen Mary, LSE. UCL and SOAS. Yeah. So that's one set of kind of one community. Then we have, um, we serve the legal profession. So that could be, you know, solicitors, judges, barristers. And then we have legal scholars. And then we have fellows as well who, you know, access us, who like, who are fellows of the Institute. And so they're, you know, using the library. So there's all these different communities of users or readers that the library serves and there are obviously different approaches to how how we do that and managing those relationships is you know part of what I do and then just you know day to day keeping on top of what's happening you know with my direct, direct reports um, my information resources manager my digital manager and my academic services manager and all the things that come up you know that Things like, you know, suddenly there's some noisy works are going to go ahead and how are yeah. they going to, you know, you're suddenly told it's going to happen in two days. And you, you're like, oh, gosh, you know, this is going to disturb our, you know, disturb our readers and getting the comms out. So I, and lots of it is around that, you know, making sure we're communicating well with our with our readership and also ensuring that, you know, our we're communicating our services really well because we do yeah. offer a, a lot of services because, you know, we are serving a lot of different um users and community groups um and some of my work is like you know speaking at committees updating you know, the library committee for example and the art the aisles the institute uh, advisory council and then working with senate house library as well there you know we have a relationship with them and i guess yeah it's all about those different yeah relationships you have with across University of London and beyond with also, you know, I there's relationships with the in the four ends of court as well. And um, that we have I have to, have to establish a network with the ends of court. Yeah. And then there's also a foreign libraries uh, network. So a foreign and international law libraries network with um Oxford, Cambridge, the British Library, and so as and and the ends of court and representation on that particular group too so there's yeah it's always really interesting and you just I like the fact that you know there's certain things that are going to come up like your committee meetings and preparation for that but it's also yeah. like the unexpected like you know noisy works or a flood but not that I'm dealing with that directly but you know to some degree you know I'm obviously you know need to be aware of what's happening in the space but um so yeah, it's it's all the kind of I like the variety of things that I that I do and that I'm and also because I'm new in the role, I'm also sort of establishing myself in law library the law library world. Yeah. So it's again about, you know, reaching out, making visits, so you know, visits to the ends of court libraries, visits, you know, to um um Oxford and Cambridge, which you know I'm going to do at some point soon. So it's set for me it's about building my building my network and establishing myself, you know, in the law library sector as someone, somebody new to it. So that's a big focus of my work as well. 
And then I'm also <clears throat> keen to continue the, my EDI work here at, at IELTS and within the yeah. School of Advanced Study. And that was a strong sort of focus of my work at Goldsmiths, which is where I kind of really um, established my part of my reputation, I suppose, um, is from around that particular piece of work on EDI and representation and decolonization of collections and libraries and looking at the representation of um, global minority ethnic staff within the profession and well, lack of and particularly at senior level. So those, you know, parts of that, there is an emphasis there on, you know, in terms of my my average week, you know, there's time spent with there's an, an organisation called the British and Irish Association of Law Libraries, and I'm a member of the diversity, diversity and inclusion group on that particular, and, you know, as part of what's called BILE, but British and Irish <laughs> Association of Law Libraries. Um, if I say BILE, people will wonder what I'm talking about, <laughs> unless they're in the know. But yeah, so I'm, I'm sort of keen to kind of do work there again, you know, continuing my work, my EDI work within the law, the law library sector as well. Yeah. And how did you find the transition to a more senior role? Were there any challenges that surprised you? Well, as I, you know, previously mentioned, when I took over as the director of library services at Goldsmiths, transitioning to, into a senior role in the midst of a, a of the COVID, COVID crisis and, and, and lockdown. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't have obviously ever dreamt that anything like that would happen. None of us did. And to be thrust into that kind of role at that time was hugely challenging on a kind of, yeah, on a, on a, in a big way. And so I guess it was like you would, there was so much sort of firefighting going on. So you really had to really had to kind of adapt my way of working and communicating. And I guess, yeah, because that was my transition into that into a senior role, it's going to be dominated by that particular yeah. in particular. Um for good or for good or or bad, you know, that was what it was. Um and the thing that I guess because of the fact that I I was already a established member of staff at, at Goldsmiths and when I transitioned into the role of director. Um, what I really, really embraced and really was, was grateful and appreciative of was the support that I had from from my team, you know, from the people I'd, you know, started out with when I uh, when I joined Goldsmiths. And that was so, so, you know, such a lovely experience to have and a positive experience to have having the, you know, knew, knowing that they had my back, had my back. And so not that, you know, I wouldn't say that surprised me in, because because of the people, you know, because of the people who, who they were, or they are. Yeah. So, but for me, that was a real kind of sense of being, yeah, that being supported, even though you're the person ultimately making decisions, which, you know, you then have to communicate. It's not always the things that people want to hear but then you're in that position where you're having yeah. to communicate that but knowing that you know people understand there's sometimes difficulty in that and yeah just being as supportive as as, as they could be so that I think probably as I said Covid will always dominate my transition into <laughs> this into a senior role <laughs> and and thinking of your career as a whole and um, mm. from what you mentioned in your career journey it sounds like um 
and you, you moved around to, to a few areas and and you really kind of took made the most out of opportunities as they appeared um was it are there any qualities or is there anything that you think has um has helped you to do that and to maximize kind of those opportunities when when they arise i think the most important qualities uh i would share are really being a good team player and even though you're in a sort of senior position you're not you know you're not out there on your own there are people yeah. who are you know who are crucial who are essential to what you do and, and to your job and it's really important to make sure that you are I think I see myself as a servant servant leader and very much um, aware that the, there are people you know people who who are direct reports people who are in the team they're they are experts, they have expertise, they have experience, yeah. they have knowledge. You know, there's no way that I will ever be able to, you know, have all that knowledge in my role. So I'm completely relying on those people. And I always, you know, completely respect that. And I'm always aware of the fact that I'm, they are, you know, I'm hopefully serving them in terms of their, I'm going to them as as the experts, I'm sure, I'm, reliant on their knowledge but I'm also there to you know allow them to shine and like allow them to grow allow them to, you know to explore and experiment in their in their in their roles yeah. as well so I'm all about listening and really I like ideas and for me it's just like any idea is, is a good idea even if we can't do anything with it but just sharing it we could learn something from it so I'm always really open to kind of hearing what people have got to say their ideas their approaches and yeah as I said there I'm nobody's going to know everything you know and there are experts there are the reasons why people do particular jobs and so it's about then how we embrace that and use that um, so I think that listening is so key and sharing and just building building um building teams building people uh, i think those sorts of qualities are the ones that kind of mean the most to me and also being uh somebody who embraces a you know as diverse a, a range of people as possible you know and yeah. I, I i feel like because of who i am does my identity and my experience uh, in my in myself and in my life? I've I've known the kind of I've known a really negative you know I've got really negative experiences of not you know being embraced for who I am. So I'm really kind of really aware of what that feels like, and I would never want that to be anybody's experience. So I think I'm I'm always having that you know third eye on making sure people are looked after and for who they are and then and, and embrace yeah. for who they are. I think that's a big part of, um, big. you know, I'd say that's probably a, a quality that's been really important for me in my career. And what role has professional development played in your career? Um, so when I, I think about this, I guess there's sorts of a range of things, really. I mean, there's the things where, you take advantage of opportunities that come your way. For example, for you know, I, when I was at Imperial, I did I did two leadership two leadership courses, and 
you know, because I, I guess in some way I was wanting to prepare myself for, to, to move on and wanted to have those opportunities, um, take advantage of those opportunities to participate in, in leadership courses. Yes. So I did a couple of things at Imperial. Um, and then just for me, it's about making sure you just take advantage of whatever comes your way. I mean, it, I know it's not always e it's easy to say that, but there are also things like constraints. There could be cost constraints. You there could be, you know, constraints from you know your your manager depending on your position uh, and your you know what you do to, to support a service may not always be possible to participate. But I think it's having those opportunities come your way and trying to take advantage of as many of those as you can and then that yeah I think something around I mean I never had a mentor as such not a not not in a kind of sort of you know clearly defined way I think I've had mentors in the kind of um it's just happened naturally not that we've you know ever said this is it you know you're in a mentoring role or anything but I I think I think something like that would be something probably I'd think about you know, if I was a lot younger, I'd think about, you know, uh, getting, you know, having mentors or a coach. But then obviously that's sometimes, you know, that's not possible depending on if people, you know, what's available. And but I think if those opportunities are available, I think those things are, you know, things that people should be taking advantage of. But then yeah. and then the things around building, building networks as well um, is, is an important part of professional development. And that you know helps with confidence, and you know you want to grow your your as in your sort of field of knowledge and the people you're exposed to. So again, I think professional development, you know, it could be all areas. It could be like you know management, it can be skills, it can be knowledge. So like as much sort of as you can absorb and take advantage of as possible, I think is is probably the message. Yeah. Are there any work achievements that you're particularly proud of? Definitely uh, the work that I did at Goldsmiths as part of the Liberate Our Library initiative, the EDI initiative looking at decolonising and um, diversifying collections and the work I've done in the profession around representation uh, of people from you know global minority ethnic backgrounds. I think you know those you know those things I'm really proud of those things and I'm I'm always been a bit of an well I am an activist not a bit of an activist I am an activist and I don't you know I don't shy away from difficult conversations and you know I, I've kind of grown up wanting to make you know challenges when I need to make challenges and I think my my senior role senior roles have allowed me to have a voice in this area and you know, to kind of make sure that we are talking about EDI in libraries a lot more and what we can do about that. And, you know, going back to the work at Goldsmiths, it was in collaboration, you know, with with student with the student union. And that was kind of the first beginnings of that work was because of activity in the library by student union at the time, which inspired inspired the work that the library went on to do. And yeah. You know, I went back a few weeks ago when the Liberate Liberate Zines collection uh, was being launched, and I was like so proud that the team had achieved it. And you know, because when I was, 
when I was um, head of discovery services, you know, one of my team said, oh, can we curate and, you know, collect zines? And I'm like, why not? And this is zines are like, for me, it's like the voices you don't hear. It's the most marginalized, the most hidden voices are the people, you know, um, creating zines. And some of them, yeah. are, I mean, I'm sure you know, but, that, you know, that's they're, they're so broad ranging. And for me to be able to say, yes, come on, let's try and do this. Let's set it up. And they went ahead and did it. And it's, you know, it's, like I said, it's been it's been launched. They're available and they're wonderful. They're a wonderful collection. For me, it's just like a really proud moment that I was a part of that, that, you know, that made that happen. Um, so that, yeah, I guess that kind of that part of the Liberate Our Library project is really I'm really proud of that and I'm just I'm proud of the fact that we're talking about underrepresentation you know of particular communities in in the light in the library sector in the profession and that I'm able to be a part of those conversations and hopefully you know move move things on a bit so that we're, we're in a better place and that we're, we're able to be a much more diverse um, profession in the you know in the future um, so I'm, I'm pleased that I'm able to, as I said, play my part in that particular piece of work as well. So that that makes me proud, and that I can, I go and I, I've spoken about it, and at so many different conferences now, I've written articles, I've written a couple of book chapters, and then again, you know, proud of the fact that I've I've done that. wasn't would would never have expected to be writing on this on the subject. You know, that's really I'm really passionate about, and that interest genuinely interests me in that and where I genuinely genuinely want to make change I want to see change by the time I retire I want to see change so oh, that's kind of what's driving me and driving that particular sort of focus for me and just looking at EDI across across everything in libraries collections description uh, discovery uh, representation and you know digging digging out the hidden what's hidden in archives yeah. in special collections there's I mean there's so many rich things that we can we can do and so that's you know a big a big driver for me and I think yeah those are the things that that make me proud and I'm, I'm, I'm immensely proud of that you know everybody I've worked with you know I'm immensely proud of the teams that I've led and that I lead They're those things you know really stand out for me and finally um is there any advice for people uh, who are in the early stages of their career in the sector that you'd like to pass on? Um, I, it's probably easy for me to say, like, take a risk. <laughs> but I really feel like, you know, sometimes I guess I can say this now from a position, you know, I've been working in libraries 30, over 30 years. So, yeah, someone in an early career, who in early career librarians probably not going to say, oh my God, you know, no way, I'm, I want to take a risk. But I say, you know, cal calculated risks, find your, find your, um, find your community, find your people, even if they're not in your current, current job. I think given the nature of, you know, what we do and how we do it and in terms of, in sense of community in libraries, I think it's, e it's easier probably now to find your community, even if that isn't currently where you're working. So, there's a, it's you know you can become part of different groups get involved in different projects etc and you know trying to sort of steer your steer yourself in the direction you want to go in um but yeah be kind of i guess be a bit more strategic about that 
and then you know just reach out reach out to people even you know people in senior roles even if like you know you contact five people ten people one's one's gonna you know at least one's gonna get back to you I think yeah people I think are much more open about those kind of unsolicited response you know um communications I feel like it's a way a way to kind of do it and I guess that's uh, another risk so maybe I'm just kind of focusing on taking risks at the moment maybe my my answer will be completely different if you ask me next week <laughs> um but yeah it's just like yeah taking advantage of everything that comes your way and and not not I don't think you need to kind of think about oh which area do I really want to be in don't think about it too much you know I think embrace as much as you can and then you know eventually you'll find the direction that you want to go in so I think it's just like yeah taking time absorbing as much as you can and don't feel that you know things are you need to rush into anything or make any you know decisions in a in a hurry thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us today thank you Tom lovely to talk to you UKSG exists to connect the sector and encourage the exchange of ideas. It brings together the information community of librarians, publishers, intermediaries and technology vendors. If you know someone whose career journey would make for an interesting episode, please get in touch with UKSG via Twitter. Please like and share our podcast to help us support those in our community who are just starting their journey. And subscribe to the channel to keep up with future episodes.